There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Yes. Yes. Welcome in. It's the Tim McKernan Show from the Longo Big Studios. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan. Was my mic not on? Was my mic not on? Your mic was was on. my mic not on? No, your mic was on. <clears throat> Didn't hear it in my headphones, then I saw you switch a switch. I don't know what it means. Well, Plowboy listens to the show at an <sighs> ungodly high volume. Oh, is that right? And whenever you give your delicious yes, yes, mm-hmm. it, it damn near punctures my eardrums. So I had to find the... <clears throat> Toggle that drops. Is that cough like an effect right there? Or was it a real cough? So I'm I'm really trying to get better at clearing my throat before speaking, but not into the mic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to have like gargly Ooh. throat noises going on into the microphone, but I do want to make sure that I'm speaking as clearly as possible. Um, so in that moment, I had to I had to act quickly and I had to cough. But now I'm all good. Everyone's mic is on. We're live on YouTube. Things are happening. A all lot right. of things are happening. Well, we're in the Longo Big Studios. We welcome you to participate uh, and, and send in erotic stories. Nothing came in my email, uh, and uh, that is uh, infuriating, but maybe somebody will just start writing one in the YouTube chat. That'd be lovely. Love to have uh, Let's see. Uh, Jake Reynolds is in the YouTube chat ready to go. Hi, Tim. Hi, Jackson. Eric Bishop says, I apologize. I'm not smart enough nor creative enough to be able to create a Christmas erotic story. I'll try and hold myself accountable. Thank you. Oh, I must not be in line with the camera. I just noticed that. Just uh, caught that. I was a little off off uh, center. There I think I moved in the right direction. Yeah. Welcome in, friends. It's uh, questions from the audience. Tim McKernan Show podcast. Uh, Jackson Burkett, Tim McKernan with you. Uh, we have a hol- we have a Hubbard Radio holiday party that Iggy was trying to bring a spouse to. He did. He always proposed it. It'd be a great meta play if you didn't have a date, and you know you can't bring a date. You'd be like, well, I had a date. <laughs> kind of like how he was advocating for the show to be off after Christmas, even though he's off yeah, after right. Christmas. Right. That was an odd move by him today. But I don't know what that one was. I, I yeah, that's uh. He just kind of sometimes thinks out loud. And you know what? You got you take the good with the bad, and Iggy is great. Yeah. I know a lot about Iggy. It's great. <laughs> uh, yeah, Iggy and I are supposed to be off the week after Christmas. But is this causing a problem amongst you, Plowboy? Nothing causes a problem with it, Doug. I can announce we're all not going to be here. And Doug be like, all right, I'll just sit here. Yeah. No, I'm I'm fine. I'm Okay. Chill. I'm not worried. I, I'm just sensing something. All I'm telling you is I'm sensing something. It'll be different, but I mean. Well, I mean, last year I said, Tommy, he goes, you guys, how are you guys are handling the holidays? And I go, well, I always take off the week between Christmas and New Year's. So, and then he's like, okay, well, then do you want the show? I said, well, it's not my place to speak for the show. Right. So then we talked and then we were off Christmas and New Year's but then I remember Doug and Plowboy saying well now we're using vacation time for something that we might not have been off for I'm like oh then that's not fair to you guys and and that's fair enough and if Doug and Plowboy and I I'll talk to them today but the thing is I don't know if anybody here would really care if the show weren't on the air no no and by that I mean 
management. Right. I don't think that they would. If if Doug so if people want to be off, then be off. I right. don't. I'll talk to Doug and Plowboy today okay. at our aforementioned holiday party, and see if they don't want to. Take, I'm cool with coming in. I don't give a damn. You know, I can. We can do it. We but wouldn't you rather be off? But I'd rather be off. Yeah, and I have vacation time. In well, the, then you really should use it. in the holster. But then if I don't, if they want to stay in and I take off, then it's a little two man game with wow. Doug and the Plowhawk, which trust me, I would be a proud podcaster of but i think it would be better with the three of us so if that's what they want to do i don't care it doesn't really bother me one way or the other i get up at the i think doug adheres to how much vacation he gets and that's an important part of the conversation i don't know how much vacation everybody gets i know much vacation i get right um no matter how many times i say it including to people with whom we work Uh uh-huh I think there is confusion over my role. Mm-hmm. I am equal to Doug, you, Iggy, Plowhawk, and have no management responsibilities. Right. We are all employees of Howard Broadcasting. Somebody was asking me about the Brown and Crouppen uh, sponsorship of TMA and Longo Biggs coexisting. I said, well, last year we had Munganest yep. along with Steve Schmidt-Kia. Yep. And I said, if you want to grow a business, you got to be able to not have category exclusivity. Now, some companies were grandfathered in from KFNS to here with category exclusivity, as it's called, meaning like only one automotive, one mm-hmm. mortgage right. uh, company, for example. But that is not the way any other show exists. So that was something that the sales staff here had to adjust to for the companies who understandably wanted that. Mm-hmm. Um but God bless Jamie Burkhardt, for example, at Munganas, I said, hey, got a unique spot. The sales staff sold the phone lines to Steve Schmidt-Kia. You know, I mean, hey, he goes, hey, I want you guys to grow. And I go, oh, well, God bless. God bless. You know, so, I mean, but I mean, hey, he also, but, but also I don't think Kia is necessarily, you know, a competition for, so it's a case-by-case thing. Point being, I, I guess the, the audience... You know, there are certain things. And so I said that when the gentleman asked me this, I think it was on the TMA fan page, I think last week or two weeks ago. And he said, oh, I thought you handled all the sales. And I said, no, there's a, there, there, I think there are 24 salespeople here. Um, so I, I say it often. And I know for those of you who listen and have heard me say it, it may be redundant, but I don't know why. And I don't know when it will ever change. I'm not angry about it. It's, I just want to drive it home that I am not. I am, a, I am a talk show host. I am a podcast host, and I am not in management. Jackson, do you have any questions about my role or your role? No, no. Everything seems to be solidified. Uh, D'Angelo Hopkins says, I'm ready for my call-up. Oh, is he getting called up? If we're uh, Yeah, if we're going to do the, uh, if he's available, if we're going to do the show uh, the week following Christmas, then uh, I could use some help on production things. No. Yeah. Uh, him saying he wants to use PTO next Monday when it's a holiday as well. That's from Eric Bishop. I guess that's in reference to Iggy. I don't know necessarily. I would assume, yeah. Okay. But they, yeah, Mondays, both Monday, the, Christmas, and New Year's Day are holidays. Yes. Just one is for the next year. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Bingo. So that's what he was talking about. Yes. I see. So he was like, well, if that's already... So he wasn't just, like, representing the show against Hubbard Management and becoming our Lech Valesa, mm-hmm. no, he which was... I thought was a very surprising move. It was actually about his extra vacation day. He was getting his ducks in a row is what it seems like to me. Okay. 
I mean, I, you know, I'm not ranking who has leverage and the order of the leverage here inside of the show. However, <laughs> I can tell you, I would not take, because I've, you've witnessed some of the meetings too. And, you know, whereas like, for example, the hardcore listeners of TMA might like have an uprising. If something were to happen to a member of the show, I can assure you it, you know, at the level of, they just go, and then just go on about their day. Yeah. <laughs> and they wouldn't go, hold on a second, you know, account that spends, you know, $1,000 a month is out. Okay. You know, I mean, it's just not the way that it works. And, oh, they're not happy on a Facebook page. That's okay. Or <laughs> <laughs> it's Italian. That's kind of the world in which we live. Uh, so anyway, Jackson, that's a... Uh, that's what I, uh, the, uh, Eric Bishop's question, I guess, on the how Indi- D'Angelo Hopkins, a.k.a. KGNO Town, is ready to go. Uh, what about that parking lot at Hubbard 2? Who's running that? I acquired that. My dad did. Tim, what's PTO? That's, uh, that's paid time off. A lot of companies have certain PTO structures, uh, <laughs> depending on how long you've worked at the place. But it was news to somebody on our dais this morning on to what that acronym stands for. That uh, it was Ken wondering about that after doing like a 20 minute discussion about PTO, <laughs> which I thought was perfect. Uh, we have plenty of questions. We welcome you to ask anything you want. Anything. Uh, it'd be wonderful if somebody had an erotic story, but alas, Jackson, they're just not coming in. I got the, I got a QFTA email during balloon party, and I have to tell you, I was a little surprised by it. But you know, it's fine. And like I said, anything's welcome. Team McKernan at InsideSTL.com. We thank James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. We thank uh, Jamie Burkhard, referenced earlier, Munganess, St. Louis Acura, Alton Toyota, Peter Munganess, Clayton Patterson, Ryan Cyberg, uh, everybody at Munganess, St. Louis Acura, Munganess, Burkhard, Alton Toyota, uh, also the great Seth Goldcamp of Design Air Heating and Cooling, online at designairservice.com, and Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wall Strategies. This one right here was sent to 1055. Hey there, it's me again. And I want you to tell me if, if, I, if, my, my, if your recollection, I think, would be better, is different than mine. In the past, you have oft criticized Mizzou football fans, and I want to make it clear, just an editor's note, a fragment of Mizzou football fans, that their expectations were too low when they were looking to win six games or to just make it to a bowl. That part, if you include fragment of Mizzou football fans, is 100% accurate. It also seems that you think Cardinal fans who expect the team to contend for the World Series are setting their expectations too high. I just have to refute. I don't think I've ever said that. Definitely never said it. Like I think he's doing some inferring. I don't think he's trying. Yeah, to... I don't. I just. I, but I mean, this is not Caller Adam who writes in a lot. Yeah. And it's, so it's not like a you know guy created his you know AOL account to to just start shit. I just. I'm just like. I wonder if people in the audience think that I say that. I don't think. I don't. Definitely never like like said it outright. I think if anyone infers something, that's on them on them on what they're inferring from what you're stating. Right. Well, I'm not trying to do that. I'm just I'm trying to make sure that I that that I haven't said something that would make people say that. I go I go year by year. Right. Like there's a good chance that Missouri football is not going to be as good as it was in 2023 and 2025 when Burden's not around and they may have a new quarterback. Although the transfer portal certainly changes how quickly a team can get back in the game. Definitely. Uh, the reason I was high on Missouri football this year is because they had so many returning starters. Right. 
uh, just like they did in 2013 and 2007. And the schedule was super favorable at the start of the season. So anyway, with that all said, it also seems, so I just respectfully disagree with the premise because I don't believe I've said that. But if he thinks I said that, then I want to hear what I said. It also seems that you think Cardinal fans who expect the team to contend for the World Series are setting their expectations too high. Uh, so I just disagree with the premise. Is it hypocritical now? So now that now building upon, <laughs> right? Is it hypocritical to say one fan base sets the expectations too low? I, I love call or not call Adam. This is not call Adam, but the the premise is built off of something that I just so I can't like evaluate a, a hypocrisy when I disagree with the premise that I think the Cardinal fans set their expectations too high. So I just disagree with that so i don't know what to say to the email the email is is it hypocritical to say one fan base sets their expectations too low while at the same time saying another fan base sets them too high as a fan when it comes to setting expectations for local sports teams is there a goldilocks approach that could be used for all fans i.e making it to the final x number of teams in the postseason or is it really a case-by-case independent on other things like past history fan communication relative team strength compared to the competition. I will admit that there is also a nuance that lumping all fans together in general is probably unfair since their level expectations is more likely on the on a continuum. And there is also an aspect of looking at a team and being realistic about where they are competitively and what they can achieve in the short term, sacrificing their long-term competitiveness. Again, I'm enjoying the show, not Colorado. Yeah, minus the one line, I kind of agree. that That's my point. It's case by case, but I would say... Like, for example, Bill DeWitt and the Dewalla thing. I reject that. Yeah. Like, you know, just the gunshot sound that I keep making today. Like, I mean, I just, I just, I, first off, I don't think that's accurate. I think they've spent money in a poor fashion. Sure. Secondly, his ownership, whenever the time comes to an end, and I would imagine it will be passed along to his son. Uh-huh. I imagine, but I don't know. Maybe they'll sell it. Who knows? I don't expect that. Um, but, Maybe the television situation makes them want to sell it. I don't know. But either way, I think he will be looked at as one of the greatest, if not the greatest owner in the history of St. Louis professional sports, period. Hmm. And I don't even know who would be. Yeah, it'd be tough to argue. I guess Gussie Bush, perhaps, will, right. would be understandably so put up there. But other than that, I have no idea who would be put up there uh, as far as sustained success. Yes. And then also privately funding a new stadium yep. i mean holy crap in in this market i mean the giants privately funded whatever it's oracle now it's oracle park yeah um but you know in san francisco they're like yeah we you know at that time anyway we're doing just fine we don't need to mess with it uh-huh. in st louis you know what st would, louis is reliant upon right. what the would downtown be like without oh Bush my stadium? god so um yeah i just I, it's i just reject it out of hand but i also know especially in social media that it's like a, it's a like bait thing. Like you can, you know, and everybody will like it, but it, it goes against the actual dollars relative to market size and how the team has spent. If anything, I think the argument could be made that this would be my criticism, I think, is that he is resistant to change mm. because he would point to the past as success, but the past is starting to get more and more distant as far as championship goes. Um, but the run of Bill DeWitt as Cardinal owner is absurdly good. The run of the Cardinals since 2000 is absurdly good. Uh, I just, I think that there is, I think that, I think that both the Steelers and Cardinals who I've drawn a parallel to, and I think there's some similarities with the Rooney family and the DeWitt family. 
um, is that both franchises have had incredible amounts of glory, but a lot of that glory is in the past and haven't had a lot of recent championship success. I just don't think that there, I think that the misnomer for fans is, well, they get 3 million fans. And yes, that's absolutely huge economically, but the television dollars, and if you want to use the Otani recent example, is why the Dodgers can do what they do, why the Yankees can do what they do, and why the Mets can do what they do, in addition to with the Mets specifically having an owner who's just like, I just want to win at all costs, and I don't really care if I lose 100 or $200 million. So I, I just I, I think that becomes a... That's a frustrating thing because I know it's it it it, it isn't um, it isn't a commonly held belief, and so if somebody comes along and tells people that they're not correct, that's not going to really rub people the right way. You know, if you're sure. being told you're incorrect, yeah, right, that won't make you. Some people are in, like if somebody came to me and said, "Hey, you're wrong about this," I'd go, oh, "Okay, well then, how do you say that?" As opposed to like, "Hey, fuck off," you know. I'm like, "Okay, then I'm not really going to pay attention." But I'm trying to explain that this thing about the Cardinals not spending is is a, a byproduct of I don't know media slash social media. Sure. Yeah, I think also comparing Mizzou fan and Cardinal fan expectations is a little apple of the oranges. Because, one, Mizzou is fighting against blue bloods, you know, Georgia, Alabama, take your pick. Well, Missouri's over one, that, like, that, period. Right, that's another key. But they're, they're trying to essentially usurp the Kings, while as the Cardinals are perceived, and rightfully so, as a blue blood, so they're trying to hold the throne, essentially. And I think there's a key difference there, because I think Mizzou fans are like, well, we can never beat, you know, those Kings. We can't take them down. We can't take down the Alabamas and Georgias. When you can, I mean, you it's been proven. can. Whereas yeah. the Cardinals, on the other hand, are like trying to remain this unbelievable team since the 2000s where they're always making the playoffs, always winning, and then won two world championships while not being, like you said, a little bit resistant to change and open to that. So I think that's Because it works and they really don't have competition. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, the Blues are quote-unquote competition, the City's quote-unquote competition, but the Cardinals are in their own world. And I think if you are in a great spot, you have no reason to mess with it, and it works. That's why this past baseball season was such a holy shit moment Mm -hmm. because it showed that the the strategy is not working. Right. Um, I'm also, I I really am, I mean, I'm not trying to really talk sports on this thing, but I'll answer whatever anybody asks me. I am really almost, and I don't want to say it so that it it becomes like a thing that people like clip off and I become a social... I'm I'm in awe or almost impressed with John Mazalak and the way they're talking about signing Kyle Gibson and Lance Lynn and Sonny Gray like look at this. You know? It's like the dragon moment. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a little dragon slay. <laughs> it, it, it's I'm going they can't be like I mean they can't really believe this. They can't like go yeah, we're you know, this is the rotate we're ready to go. There we go. I mean, yeah, I suppose if you had take your pick of whomever top tier to go along with Gray that weren't Miles Michaelis and Steven Matz, then you could go, okay, Gibson and Lynn will get you innings. You're not going to put them in the rotation in the playoffs anyway, whatever. Let's say the playoffs were right around the corner. Who are your three starters? I mean, I know who one is, and I guess you would say Michaelis too, 
bullpen game. I mean, I don't. I just. I just. I'm. At the here's the thing though. At the same time, I love what the Cardinals have done this offseason because my personal expectation is that they're not going to be a world championship team next year. And so I don't want to see them fuck up the back half of the decade, as I know you have heard me say probably a hundred times because we do two shows together. Yeah. Uh, but for the purpose of those who don't listen to either one of those shows and are listening to the Tim McKernan show, that's what I like about it. Yeah. And perhaps they're not going to. I mean, at this point, really, the only deal that I suppose could be out there that would, and I'd be shocked if they did it, were to get Snell. I guess Montgomery, I guess, would be live if they get, but I just don't see him doing that. I'd be surprised. You know, so they're they're going to get out of this off season without having a Contreras thing. And again, the Contreras thing somehow has been painted as me having a problem with those. I couldn't have any. If anything, I love his emotion. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just I don't like the deal. And the deal right now, yeah, sure. In the year, it's fine. But it's what? How are you going to feel about Wilson Contreras' contract in in two years? How do you feel about now if you were like, hey, they need a catcher? Right. Exactly. That's that's how I. If you're going to give a player a six year deal, you don't just analyze it for 2024. Right. You have a responsibility to go. Okay, how is this deal going to play out? How is this going to age? And I can't imagine Cardinal fans are going to be thrilled about the amount of money Wilson Contreras is making. Maybe even this year, if he isn't catching. But if he does catch this year, then great. But beyond this year, he is not going to be the catcher. I mean, God, if he's the catcher in 2026, I will be absolutely stunned. But he's going to be paid like that in 2026. And that's my Wilson Contreras thing. All right, well, that's already way... Too much sports here. Uh, is it criminal that the translucent twink put his buddy Sweet Sweet Kai back in the Rookie of the Year category but left out little Beer Cats? That comes from Beer Cats' father. Oh, okay. Well, good to know that we have some bias in there. Uh, oversight on my part, but again, just because I put him in as one of the people you could vote for for a nominee, it doesn't mean you had to vote for him. I obviously, I'll put it in an other section. Were you disappointed? You didn't even follow up with me to say, hey, how come you're not voting? I knew you were sick. And you the knew last, I was sick. The last thing I wanted when did to you do- find? When did I text you to say, well, I texted you guys like at 6 o'clock the night before. Yeah. Wednesday. But also Wednesday afternoon, you kind of told oh, me. Oh, I said you during balloon party. I said, yeah. I don't know what's going on, but I'm feeling sick. Yeah. And it came out of nowhere, too. Yeah. Holy crap. And you were also busy that day with Sound Story stuff, and I knew your schedule was packed up. And I just, I don't want to be like, hey, I know that, like, you're literally, like, yeah, dying, I but I need uh, you to vote on this thing. And like I said, the But the I vote- wasn't, I, I didn't get really, like, where I was like, holy shit, I am in a bad way until that afternoon. Right. And then when it happened, it happened. And then I'm like, I don't want, because I, I saw what happened to my six-year-old. And then I saw what happened to my one-year-old, and I'm like, I don't want, you know, I don't want, I mean, I know I'm going to be dealing with it now. I don't definitely don't want my wife to get it, but I'm like, I don't want you guys to get it. Right. Like, I'd feel less bad at this point about COVID uh-huh. and like being like, oh, shit, I might have exposed you to COVID than the, the thing that my family had. My wife hasn't gotten it yet, but me and my two boys. Fingers crossed she avoids it. Yeah, and, and I don't want you guys, and it's... And I guess I guess this is going around areas in St. Louis. Apparently, yeah, it's flu season. Brutal. Yeah. yeah, I got the flu shot. I got the whole thing. That's, but that's God that. Almighty, Jackson! I am telling you, and it it was rough. I have not slept. I guess I just said this off air. I don't think I talked about it today on the show. Maybe I did. Did I talk about how late uh-huh. I slept in? But I uh-huh. said, like, I I don't know. I mean, anybody who's had children understands this. Like you don't, you just don't sleep past nine o'clock. It's just not the way that it's going to happen too often. I mean, unless they're older, I guess. But I slept until ten fourteen. That sticks out in my mind on Thursday. Um, I think I emailed you and Tommy mm-hmm. and Ryder 
uh, I don't know what time. I just know I was up. Yeah. I was up so many times that night. And I'm like, okay. Because I, I thought I was so quick that my sons were over it. I'm like, oh, I might be good to go the next day. And I, need, I had a sound story that day. That was one of my big reasons to make sure I got in. And then I'm like, holy shit, I'm still in a bad way. And I slept till 10, 14. That hadn't happened. I'm sure I did it, but it might be having to go back, a, I don't know, years for sure. And then the next day where I was like, okay, I'm for sure going to come in. In my mind, I went to bed that night on Thursday night thinking I'm for sure going to come in. Truly, like went to bed like my standard time. And then I'm like, oh, my God, here I am again. And then I slept until 11. And the only reason I got up at 11 is because I had set my alarm because I was going to go see my doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was planning on seeing my doctor at 11.45 after the shows, right. coming right from here to the hospital to, to, to see him there. And then I wound up getting all these tests. I still haven't gotten the results. I obviously feel better now. But what I'm saying is this thing is a motherfucker. Yeah, It's a motherfucker. I mean, everybody gets the flu, but this thing is... Whatever the hell it is. And some uh, gentleman DM'd me last night saying he lost 10 pounds. Huh. I was down to a buck 51. Oh, boy. Tiny little boy. I mean, the, I mean it's twink season. Tiny little boy. Stiff breeze. 151 pounds. Yeah, that's tiny. And in a way, I'm kind of like, no, oh, maybe I shouldn't eat today just to see 140 something for yeah. the first time since like high school. Right. Sweated out, sit in a sauna Holy for a couple hours. Holy shit. Yeah. Really God, but I'll tell you what, it freed me up to feast this weekend. Oh, did you have some tastings? I did. Nice. We uh, took the boys. Where did we go? Once I was, like, better, I think it was on Saturday. So yeah, Saturday. Ferrado's, right? We On Sunday night, we went to Ferrado's after we took our older son to uh, this Home Alone thing where they had the St. Louis Symphony Orchestra play the score Super while cool. the movie's going on. Yeah, huge fan of that. So that was pretty cool. He loved it. I mean, that's what it's, you know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then Anna and Maria and I took him to Ferrado's uh, afterwards. You know where we went first? And I was thinking, I, I wonder if I'll see Jackson there because I, I want to see you in the new love of your life. Tam FB? Uh, Canetto's. Oh, yeah, it's a spot. So we go there. It's like 4.45. Act. 45-minute wait. Act, yeah. And I was kind of like, oh, let's go to Canetto's. It's like one of the only places open on the hill on Sunday. Holy 45-minute so wait. It's always popping us. If I want to order carryout from there, because every oh, once, yeah. once in a blue moon, like I'll do it on Sunday. Salad. I'm not really a salad guy. The Canetto salad is undefeated. But if I want to get it and eat around 6.30, I'll have to call it in around 5.30. And usually because I'm a smaller order, they can get me in and out. But, yeah, on Sundays, because very few places on the hill are open on Sundays, it gets popping. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. So, anyway, we went to Ferrado's. Boy, it was so choice. My yeah. compadre from St. Gabriel's who owns it, uh, it was in my class, Jeff Parrott, saw him. Great feast. But on Saturday, mm. I don't even remember what the hell we did. Because my older son's skate was at 630, and I'm like, there's no way after feeling like this that I'm doing that. And it was just a skate. It wasn't games. But we went to Donut Drive-In, nice. my brother Kevin's spot. Uh, then also um, went to um, Chris's. We were—I mean, we didn't eat the donuts. Obviously, this wasn't fattening up for the slaughter. Let's <laughs> wash down the donuts with some pancakes. But then Chris's had like a forty-five-minute wait. Yeah, they talk about another spot that's always popular. Telling you. Yeah. And then we went to Adriana's. Oh yeah, boy howdy. The Nana special. I had taught. I I think I might. This would be like an orgasm for you. Like if you ever got Ella Reese in studio and like I wasn't there. (laughs) The fact that and I and Anna Marie right when we walked in, she goes, "Oh, Coach Majerus." Do you know the, the, that the, story? The, that you, we, the cat, and Doug. Doug, and I feel like maybe somebody else, but I obviously it wasn't you because you know. 
I wonder if producer Joe is on that one. I don't know. And usually when I say his name, he like, but this is a podcast. But we are live. I highly doubt Joe's watching on YouTube, but it would be great if it's he was. It's a miss on his part. It is. I can't remember. But Majerus would come on. I can't, it, like in hindsight, so surprising he would do that. In the la- it's kind of like QFTA. It's kind of like any show I'm on. The last thing he really wanted to do was talk sports. <laughs> but he would do it. And then, he, then he, on his own, he would, it, it was like, that was QFTA originally. It really should be the Rick Majerus show because it was stream of consciousness with Rick Majerus, who was a very well-read yeah. man. Extremely intelligent. And he was just, he would go everywhere. And he goes, you, I don't know, I don't know how to, I'm sure there's somebody listening and maybe somebody in the YouTube chat who remembers these Majerus things. Um, but... He, somehow it got to you guys are interesting guys. I'd like to get together with you, and I'm just like, oh sure, you know. Right. But then he goes, where would you like to? And I, somehow maybe Adriana's came up. So I know it was me, Doug, and the cat. I just feel like there was somebody else there, and it might have been Prod Joe. Uh, he was with the show through March of 13, so it would have had to have been in 12 or before. Right. Um, that we went to. Yeah, I, I mean, when did Majerus pass away? Not long after 2013. Yeah. 14? That'll help me figure this out. He died in 12. Oh, then producer Joe absolutely was there by 2012. Son of a bitch. God almighty. Uh, Oh, he's been gone that long. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, Because, I mean, he coached against Draymond Green in Michigan State. Michigan State, yeah. So oh, we genius. go. So we went. To, he wanted to go to Adriana's, and it, I doubt it was in twelve. Maybe it was in eleven. But Joe was still at the show, yeah. And uh, and just sat there and just wanted to bullshit. And there was so no. Awesome. It was just a bullshit session. There was no like, you know, hey, coach is going to have you know some people here, and you can ask this. It was just it was just five guys, and Porter Mosier. Oh wow! Oh, you didn't know that part about it. Well, I knew he was uh, right. assistant. So. Porter drops Coach off. I think he would drive him around, which is amazing, considering he went to a Final Four years later with Loyola yeah. Chicago. And and Porter is now the coach at Oklahoma. Yep. But I knew him, I mean, very briefly, because when I was in Little Rock, Arkansas, at University of Arkansas, Little Rock, Sidney Moncrief yep. was the head coach. It did not go well. He was a name hire. He didn't coach, couldn't coach. I doubt he's coached since then. And Porter was his assistant, mm. and I was doing TV. And when I saw Porter, and I guess it was that day at Adriana's, we started bullshitting about that when he came to pick up coach and kind of hit it off. And he said, hey, anytime you want to come on and talk basketball, you know, here's my number. And so I would just bullshit with him a little bit, and he came on the show, and he was awesome. really good analyst. I'm like, this guy could be, wind up being a great analyst. And then, like, what, seven years later, he's yeah. taken the Ramblers, the Ramblers <laughs> and Sister Jean to a, Final Four. to a Final Four and then goes to Oklahoma. Yep. And I think he's doing pretty well at Oklahoma, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, oh, yeah. He's having some. He's having success, and he's a great – he's another great coach. But, I mean, the majority That's a guy it, – that's like a delayed arrival for a guy with yeah. Porter Mosier because I was in Little Rock, and that was 99-2000. I mean, it took nearly two decades – for him to get his shot. He was at Illinois State, I think. I yep. feel like. Yeah, that sounds right. When I was doing Missouri Valley stuff, uh, I did the Missouri Valley hosting, kind of like the, um, God, who's, God, what's her name? Who does the stuff? She comes in and does stuff on 101, and she's great. I'm a big fan. Alexa. Alexa Dad. Yes. That's what I was doing for the Missouri Valley Conference. Got it. Uh, full head of hair. Yeah. Whole thing. Yeah. Um, so anyway, 
yeah, to, to sit there and, and have like lunch with Majera in that set. I mean, I've been lucky enough to have like drinks with people, but sometimes it's like, yeah, he's trying to fuck her. You know, <laughs> he has no interest in like bullshitting about. Right. But Majera, that was just like kind of an unreal thing. But the Nana special. So good. You, you're familiar with that sandwich. Get the sauce. You get the salsa with the roast beef, beef and, and the, the sauce. And the sauce. I mean, I got it, brought it home. I mean, for me to eat something like that at yeah. like noon, <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's, it's just not what I do. Right. I usually, you see every day what I do. Protein. Shake. It's coffee, water, 8 o'clock break, banana, 9 o'clock break, protein, protein shake. shake, and then I don't know when I'll eat again. You know, my, sometimes it's until dinner or I have chicken for metabolic meals, you know, and that's been with a, Andrew's barbecue sauce. That's what I eat. Um and I'm just like, fuck it, I'm gonna have this thing. It is so good. It's next level. Mount Rushmore of sandwiches in St. Louis. I don't know if I can, but Nana Special's on there. The Mississippi Nights Club from Gramophone. The Vino from Blue City Deli. Legend Club? I'm thinking Legend Club. But then I'm like, I'm leaving something out. I'm leaving out Joya's. I'm I've not really, I'm not, that's not my kind of thing. I know people love it, people, yeah. and then people get mad at me for not liking it, which is one of the strangest fucking things in the world. Like, I love lesbian pornography. What, can you imagine if I started yelling at people, like, in a thread, like, how come you don't beat off to two girls? The fuck's wrong with you? It's always know? my thing. Is, <laughs> people always are upset with your opinion. On, on a, yeah, on a food. Yeah. It's the strangest thing. How can you Like, some, sometimes I know people being satirical, but then other times I'm like... The fuck? Like you're really upset about Mom's Deli? It's like holy shit. I mean, yeah, I don't not know. Make my, 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 not make my Mount Rushmore personally on the Mom's Deli thing. What's that? The Mom's Deli sandwich wouldn't make my personal Mount. Well, Rushmore. fuck off! Right? Like, I, how can you have an opinion on my opinion? It's, it's the point of your opinion. Well, it's food. Like Especially sometimes, like food. I, I don't know who. I feel like it's a relative, but I don't want to. Like I'm not saying from a bad place. Like oh, you don't. I don't why don't you like? like I don't. know. You know, I mean, I was at the titty bar last night till four. I didn't see it. What the fuck's wrong with you? Like, I just don't get it. Like, some people like things and some people don't like other things. And in particular with food. Yeah. Oh, it's weird. You don't like that? I don't know what to say. I have no idea what to say. Yeah. And then, okay, how about this one? Let me ask you this. Anyway, not a special tits. Fire. Not eating when you're a guest somewhere at somebody's home. It's considered rude. I'm aware of that. But for the life of me, why? So if it's like a dinner party, I could understand. I don't do a lot of dinner parties. Curb your enthusiasm, a dinner party was every night. They're always, I don't know what that was about. Was, I assume it was zoning and getting into restaurants in Los Angeles and having to get permits. That's what I assume. Or do people in L.A. have dinner parties that often? Uh, I think a little bit of both because they always go to the same restaurant. I have never been to a dinner party in St. Louis. Really? Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, it's like my parents. like. Is that super, what they do? Okay. Oh, yeah. Dinner parties left and right. Really? Oh, yeah. If Anna Marie told me we got an invite to a dinner party, I would immediately start figuring out how I'm getting out of it. Me and my brother Kevin have this in common. Fair Rafe right. was telling me about this, and I know it about Kevin. Like, we're both in these kind of unique jobs, uh -huh. but yet at the same time, we both just want to spend time with our families and not be in the spot where it's like, entertain us. Here we are now, entertain yeah, us, yeah. you know? Uh, yeah, there, that was often when I was a young man. There'd be dinner parties at the home. But uh, I would say, like, dinner party setting, and you're like, everyone's eating, and you're like, no, nah, I'll pass. That would be, I could see being deep. But what if I, I, what if I don't like it? Yeah, I've been in this situation. It's tough. I don't really like fish. And they're like, well, we made salmon. Oh, it's you like, don't eat well, fish? Mm, I like shellfish. 
to an extent. And is it an allergy thing? You just don't like it? Nah, I don't like well, it. Well, great. Right. But then sometimes that's all they're serving. You're like, ooh, I don't. I'm going to have a dinner party, invite you, and your, if you have a female friend. Uh-huh. Uh, and. You're going to put me in a spot is what you're going to Somebody's do. Somebody, it won't be either me or my wife, I can tell you that, just from lack of, you know. Right. Interest or ability to prepare said fish. We'll have fish there. Fine. Worth and it. Then you worth go, it because you have to have a dinner party at your home. Oh, yeah. Yes, I, I think I lose. <laughs> Juice isn't worth a squeeze. And then you go, I don't really like fish. And I wouldn't go, oh, Jackson doesn't eat. Fuck him. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, fuck, I'm sorry I made something that you didn't like. Can I get you some White Castle or something oh, is what I would lovely. say. That would be a rational response. Okay, so you agree with this. I just don't get it. I don't, for the life of me, I want to know. It's like the word fuck. I, I accept it that, like, I can't say it on the radio. And for whatever reason, have been able to do years and years of radio not talking how I really talk when I'm talking amongst people I'm comfortable talking with. Sure. So, like, when I'm with my wife's parents, I think for the most part, I, I think for 15 years now, I don't think I've said it like how I would normally say it. But around my six-year-old, like, he doesn't say it. I think I've actually, like, done a good thing unintentionally. Like, I say it so commonly. Like, he's not like, ooh, I get to say it. He's like, yeah, I don't really care because I hear it some of the luster out of it. So, like, I don't get, like, nobody can, nobody can truly explain why that is, like, you, I don't know if you get fired for it anymore, but back in the day, it really would have been a thing. Like, Tom Ackerman accidentally said shit on Camel X one time, and it was written about in the Post-Dispatch. We have people cuss, we have sponsors cussing yeah. on our show, and nobody even thinks anything of it. Chaser came on and was dropping them <laughs> left and right, and Plowsley had to look at me, I was like, yeah, you got dumped that. <laughs> He's, like, looking, I was like, should I tell him? I was like, of course. So why words are concerned, but whatever. I know people, especially in the United States, have things with their genitals and the act that I think most people want to participate in, which is fucking. Right, right, right. But whatever. Mm -hmm. It's a thing. I just am like, okay, fine. But why, if I dine at someone's house and I don't like the food, am I rude for not eating, I don't. I don't understand that. I don't. I need somebody, and I know you're. You feel the obligation to explain it to me, and you might not necessarily really have so a take. Guy. This is more rhetorical. It's it's similar. And I don't even know how the Coach Majerus lunch at Adrianus got us here, but that's the magic of QFTA. We right. never know how we are where we are. Breadcrumbs are ridiculous. I'll go back to a Larry David situation. He uh, <laughs> on comedian in the cars with the, getting coffee, the first ever one. He was the guest. Oh, is that Harris right? Yeah, he was the that. first guest, and. He talked about his ex-wife would get really upset that in the morning he would drink tea while she was drinking coffee. And she was like, well, we can't even have coffee together. He goes, well, what the fuck's the difference? Yeah, what does that matter? It's, a hot, it's something hot in my cup. What do you care if it's tea or not? The whole point is the talk. Right. Like the conversation at the dinner party. I'm not into, you know, I don't know. Well, take your pick of whatever. Right. It's me. It's Hey, listen, by the way, it's me. It's not your cooking. Sure. It's me. I'm fucking weird. Right. I don't think like, I, I don't think anybody's like, oh, he's a little strange. Like people already know that. I assume if I'm at this <laughs> fictitious dinner party. Right. That you're ex excited about going to. Right. Um, so it's not you. You're probably a wonderful cook. I'm sure it's a delicious no, dish. No. Oh, me. I thought you were talking about no, no, the royal no, no, no. You. I'm just saying gender, the royal right. you. Got it. I, it just isn't my thing, you know. So I'm not just going to, like, eat. That's such a fucking weird thing. So if it's not a dinner party, because when I when you originally brought it up and I said dinner party, you said, well, <laughs> there's no dinner party. I'll go to dinner party in St. Louis. What situation at someone at home where you would? Holidays. Okay. Yeah. Like Thanksgiving. Or like, a, like, a, like if there's a party of some kind for somebody. Okay. Don't if, you want to eat? Don't you want to eat? It's like, no. Well, if it was I'm like sure my mom does this to an extent. 
Yeah, they did. And, I, you know, and I, like I used to eat these potatoes back when I was, you know, not that I was, I, but I do see pictures like a decade ago. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Nobody said anything, but I was, I was, you know, and I, and I see, cause I got the health chart, you know, the health chart, right. name a date, in the YouTube channel, tell you what I ate. We can go all the way back to 2008, any date, any fucking date. So that tells you how fucked up I am. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I don't, I'm not going to eat like they're probably God only knows. I don't know, 800, 900 calories. I'm just not going to eat them. Mm-hmm. Oh, we ought to have them. No, I don't. <laughs> and I'm like, and then, and then my dad, well, Timmy, your mom made those things. Can you just eat some of the potatoes? God, you know, just like, you know, exhausted by everything. <laughs> Someone's going to eat these fucking potatoes. Exactly. I don't care who and then it my is. brother Kevin will do an impression. I'm not buying these fucking potatoes anymore. <laughs> That's an impression of my dad. <laughs> my mom is coming from a place of caring that when I was a younger tyke, I used to love the potatoes. Right, right. My dad is thinking we spent probably $2.50 on the potatoes, and he still is convinced that the stock market is going to crash, and Calvin Coolidge is in office, and all hell's about to break loose. Yep. And in his mind, Mind, that's why he's concerned about the potatoes. Yeah, I'm concerned about the caloric intake and not wanting to have these. I just don't want to eat them. Sure. Why does it fucking matter? You know? Yeah, I like. I could see like Thanksgiving comes and you come by and you're like, no, I'm not eating. Then I could see that different thing. That, oh, I, different. I, I, I like a, a little pig boy at Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's one thing. If it's just like a general gathering and you're like, ah, oh, I'm, I'm good. I'm not hungry. I ate before. I ate after. I can I see like it's dogma why it's rude because it's like some people may perceive it as like what you're too good for my cooking but in all honesty you just want to eat a certain way I just I or I just don't like that particular food I have a picky palate I guess probably very unsophisticated honestly mm-hmm. but yeah like I'm aware of and so if anything yeah that would probably my, my like if we were just like we went to a yeah, all the, here's something by the way I don't mm. know when it's coming but it might be coming soon for you when you're a parent these parent parties turn into ponies holy shit oh, yeah, I've been, I've, I've, why the fuck were you at these no well I mean parents you know they'd have some wine I remember oh gradu- yeah I remember graduation parties would get real turned but these up are were these parents. are parents of like you know I have a kindergartner well yeah and I walk in with my buddy. Uh, you know polling? Feel like you know polling? Works for City now. Used to work for the Blues. Worked with me. I don't me. think I've ever met him, but great guy, great fucking guy. Yeah. And he has kids who go to the same school, and uh, so we got some booze together, our wives, and on Saturday night, and um, and then we go and I'm like, and he goes, my guy, this is like Fieldhouse, but for like parents, you know. Now he's a seasoned veteran. He has older kids along with kids still in the same grade school, but I'm like, this is like. This is a this is a situation. Yeah, you know? I guess it's probably just the scarcity of getting after it's it. Exactly right. Right. Which is wonderful. But I wasn't like, oh shit, I'm gonna have to deal with the whole eating thing. I'm like, I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna enjoy my bush light. Yeah. And I'm going to have yeah. some libations. Mean potatoes guy, right? Mean there, potatoes man. guy. Yeah, mean potatoes guy. But if we were having dinner, I'd be like, I would have anxiety because I'm like, I probably probably am not going to like something and then it's going to turn into we already thought this guy was a asshole pervert has a job not worthy of you know (laughs) whatever and now he's not eating like it's a perfect curb your enthusiasm thing for them to set larry up at a dinner party and not eat and then Susie, i feel like it probably has already happened well there's the one with the water where the water was really bad (laughs) poor bob einstein may he rest in peace had to gargle it down i watched the episode recently and bob einstein when he goes 
you love my water, right, Marty? And he has to answer with the water in his mouth is one of the funnier fucking things I've ever seen in my life. And may Bob Einstein forever rest in peace with that legendary moment when he had to answer about the water. <laughs> That's even better than the food thing. Yeah, they've already done it. Yeah. I just don't understand. I don't understand. That's it. That's it. I just, and as somebody who, like, you could tell me, you know, like, I don't know, if like back in the day, when we would have stuff for Inside STL or TMA or the radio station, 920, I guess. And I would specifically say, so help me. And like the cat apps, because I knew the cat hated doing the shit. He had a young, his Tyler was younger then. Mm-hmm. Either, it's just not, it isn't his thing, right. you know? A lot of us who are in this extroverted Very career so. are right. actual introverts. Right. It's a weird dynamic. Mm-hmm. And so then people, when you're out in public, assume that you're the extrovert. Right. And I th- I am to an extent, but then it's, if I know you, I am. If I don't, and I'm stuck in some kind of, you know, oh, fuck. You're like it's, my father in that way. Yeah. Like, yeah, your dad. I love talking to your dad because I've gotten to know your dad. Right. But, but if, if I get stuck in some other thing... You know, he's the same way. But then at the same time, I was at that thing on Saturday night, and it was and Anna Marie. Uh, she goes, "Well, who who did you talk to?" You know, I go, "I got to tell you, this is interesting." Because we were there for four or five hours. I go, "I really liked everybody I talked. Enjoyed every conversation I had." Yeah, it sounds very bullshit, but it's like <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you the truth. Yeah, which is a sign that we're at a, you know good spot. But uh, yeah, I, I think about these things about things getting attached to things that aren't necessarily a sign of being rude as rude. And I just want an explanation for it. That's all I'm looking for. I think it would be quite an interesting kind of social experiment to where, like, you go to a dinner party. Because I'm assuming, like, with people who have allergy restrictions or are vegan, they run into this problem often. But, like, if, if they cooked something and you just brought your little metabolic meals tray with you. Can I warm up my shredded chicken with 458 calories, 52 grams it. of carbohydrates, and I brought a little dollop of my Andrea's barbecue right, sauce. a little to-go pack. Right. Yeah, I think that would be, that would be, because right. then at that point it's like, well, I'm eating with you guys. I'm just not eating the same thing. It's the same thing as a Larry Such a with spot. the tea and the coffee. It's like it's this, we're all eating. We're all having conversation. I'm just eating something different. Because, like, I assume people who are vegan who have to go to a dinner party and they're serving, you know, Beef Wellington, what are they going to do? What, am I going to have some bread? Like, that's just not going to work. A, it's, 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 I don't know. I, I, so when it came to, like, the things I was talking about with, like, the, the, the social events with the show or the station, I would specifically say, and I don't know if you've gotten one of these from me, but you know I mean it. It's an important thing because I respect people's free time. Right. You do not have to come. I mean this. I do not keep score. Right. I mean better bring in money and have a pleasant disposition around the workplace and contribute on the show, that, which to me strikes me as bare fucking minimum. (laughs) But as far as, like, if we're having a little outing and you're like, it's Friday, you know, I don't want to go. Don't don't feel like you got to lie to me. Just say, I don't want to go. Good. God bless. Don't show up. I don't fucking care. It doesn't matter because people have lives. And so I am... What that was one of the and I didn't learn that from everybody. I think it was more I don't want to be asked to do shit. So right. therefore, how can I expect others to do it? It's a treat others how you'd want to be treated deal. Well, I don't want to necessarily. So if I cook something, I mean that wouldn't happen unless we just warmed up metabolic meals and <laughs> right. had people over. Six 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 warm ups. <laughs> I would be funny. Well, I got some salmon. I got some chicken. Yep. Just put what would you out. like? That's all I got, and right. I can warm them up. Yep. That'd be angry. What do you that like? Sounds, I don't want either, and I wouldn't go to my wife. Man, how rude is it? I'd be like, ah, I, I get 
I feel badly. I hope they're not hungry, but you know, right? Fuck, you know, right? No, I get We're all it. adults here. Figure it out. I right. don't know what to say. Oh, if you just the key is just don't go to a dinner party and you're never put in the situation. Right, but I still there's holiday things and yeah, right, you know. Yeah, it's I get it. It's tough. I don't know what to do. You don't want to be perceived as rude, even though you're actually not being. Well, rude. Well, I am probably rude, but for other reasons. Right, the, the not eating is not the reason. Let me go into this YouTube chat and get to the bottom of everything. All right, there's Beer Cats complaining about Sweet Sweet Kai again. He can keep him. <laughs> He's up for like six awards. <laughs> I never got sick for 12 years straight. As soon as my kid got to school age, I was sick four times a year, every year. So help me. That is, that is, I have taken, I, I think I may have taken more sick days this year, vacation days. And guess what? The health chart is color coded and I can give you the answer. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> there's that, there's Red that. for sick days, blue for vacation days, green for days where we were off for TMA, but we weren't off for balloon party right, and they TMA. were raised to hell about it down there. Uh, on 101 ESPN, which is probably most of them. Right. You're not slipping anything past you. God almighty. Uh, let's see, but that that is so true. Right. I hadn't been sick for years, and now, and, that, and that's what happens. I mean, it's all logic. Old Rick loved to eat. He was the man. Huh? That's from Don Peepee. You're known yeah. as some, Don, you know Don Peepee? You've eaten with him? Not to my recollection. Um, I would, I guess. <laughs> I'll break bread. Uh, Kay from Southtown says that Carl's pastrami and corned beef on Clayton Road is nice. The hot salami sandwich at Mama's is up there. Uh, Ryan DeJesus said, our dinner party's potluck or the host have to make the fare. Sounds terrible. I, <laughs> I'm a Ryan DeJesus guy. <laughs> I would, I mean, any dinner party that my parents I don't know hosted, anything about dinner parties. Anytime they what is what is What is it? So did your parents go to these like when they were younger? Like, is this like something that happens in your 60s? Yeah. I, okay. I mean, my parent when I was a younger kid, my parents were in their 50s. Right. So, yeah. I assume that that's like you don't want to go out to a like restaurant. Like, is that something like another thing I got to go, fuck, when I get older, I got dinner parties? Yeah. Well, think all the people in Curb. They're all in their 50s and 60s. I know, but I still think that's about getting into restaurants in Los Angeles and shooting. I think that's I think a permit it, issue. But I think dinner parties are very, very real and a very real thing on your horizon, Tim. Oh, fuck. It's another reason to get out of town. <laughs> uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, Ryan, to be honest, I've never been to one. That's a Don Peepee, unless holidays count. My mom will harass you all day if you don't eat as soon as it's ready. Yes, she is Italian. McShamus says, what if I don't trust the people making the food? I'll hang out with the cat people, but I don't want to eat their cat hair. Can I just drink booze? McShamus, yes, you can. And I'm allergic to cats anyway, so you, you wouldn't are? have my... Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Let me tell you something, and I want you to listen and listen good. You know I've had them all, right? <laughs> I do. It's been, I've been briefed. <laughs> A girl I really liked. Uh-huh. I, re you know... There, there haven't been a lot of those. <laughs> but what I really liked in Columbia, really did, she had, like, the physical traits that are my thing. What, what are my physical traits that I like, Jackson? Like dark hair. It, yeah, it can be, but there's one trait that really gets me going, and that's the blue eyes. Oh, okay. Blue or green eyes, okay. light eyes. Really? Dark or some kind of tan on oh. the skin, the eyes. It's my th it's a, so I care about hair and eyes and, you know, I have no hair. <laughs> um, so it's just all hypocritical. But, uh, yeah, I really was a fan. But she had cats, 
And it just, I, so I'd start going over there and I'd start sneezing like the Dickens. Mm. And it was brutal. And I really liked her. Yeah. Oh, man, that's a, yeah. It was a motherfucker. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I still to this day, I can start sneezing. Oh, there's somebody who has a cat. I mean, I don't really cross paths with cat people all that often. Sure. But, uh, yeah, I'm really allergic to cats. Like, I, like if I'm looking at a house. Mm-hmm. And they have cats. It, like we can't buy it because right. it is exactly. the be cat so dander. The, the, yeah, I'm, I, I'm not a pet guy, uh, not not dog guy by any means. I think I had a goldfish growing up, but if I were to get a pet, it would be a cat. Oh, is that right? Well, if I had like they're like you have to get a pet, I'd be like, all right. Well, fine, I wish you said that cat. on balloon party. Here you might be in a safe space. Well, I, 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 you think there are a lot of cat owners who listen to balloon party? No, no, people like. Get really upset when I say I don't like dogs. They like take it as like Ooh. a really personal. Slight. Can we like say this on sure. balloon party tomorrow? I'm happy because I I don't because I find it such a weird phenomenon that there's people out there who don't like certain types of people. But when I say I don't like dogs, they're up in arms about it. I'm like, how about you be taller than all humans? Because there's, there there might be some of that going on down the hallway on, right. the, on like, our audience. Like be tolerant of others. Humans, and then we can talk about dogs, and then you can have a like to stand on here. Uh, let's see. Carlos Spice, who winner, says the dinner party episode of The Office is exactly why I purposely avoid dinner parties. <laughs> Just go to a damn restaurant. I don't care about the charcuterie boards. Oh. Are there charcuterie boards at dinner parties? Oh, you better believe it. that's where the charcuterie. Oh, you know a lot about dinner parties for 25. I went to, I, I grew up in an area where is dinner it, parties. Or is, is, or is that where we're getting to? This is a Ledoux thing? No, because the, the dinner parties would often be. Like, are the Hancock parents going to dinner parties? Oh, yeah. I'm assuming all of those people go to dinner parties. They're probably dinner parties. What did you at, say those people. What did you mean by that? Uh, the old money, the wealthies. Hancock. I, I'm not sure. Is that like John? John and his family? I don't know. Another hand. Can we do this on Balloon Party also? Can we just play this on Balloon Party tomorrow? That's fine by me. Make my job. Hancock is a public school in Lime. Oh. Was I? I was unaware. <laughs> I was unaware. I never played them in sports. Um, I thought you meant like the Hancocks, as in like that's like a wealthy family around here, which wouldn't surprise me either. Uh, I, I think it's part of it, yeah. The dinner party episode in the office is a great play. That's like the uh, worst case see. scenario. We usually do things with other parents, the kids, and everybody brings some food. The kids run around and we drink a lot of alcohol. That's different, though. That's not a dinner party. That's not a dinner party, right. It's, I'm bringing my own shit. That's like a group play date, and the parents can have some beverages. Uh, let's see. Tim, thoughts on Candy Cane Lane in South City. Great lights. That's from Brian. Do you say Schwabby or Schwabe? Schwabe. I like Schwabe. <laughs> hey, Schwabe. Uh... It's 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 maybe a half mile from where my parents live and I grew up. Mm-hmm. I couldn't be more confused by it. I would never. You could give me a home on oh, Candy yeah. Cane Lane. That would be so far up your alley to have people nonstop. And I would say, take it back. <laughs> like there are areas of the metropolitan area, I'd say, oh, fine, I'll pay my mortgage. <laughs> uh, yeah, I... I couldn't be more confused by it. People traipsing around your yard at all hours <laughs> of the night. Now, as we always go back to, some people like things and some people don't like others. It affects me in absolutely right. no way. I'm sure many of the people who really look forward to that, and there are a lot of people who do, aren't as excited about Ella Reese and Abigail Mack having a scene together sure. as I am. I am not mad at them for enjoying Candy Cane Lane, mm-hmm. a string of... 10 to 12 homes in South St. Louis yeah. that do lights. Oh, yeah. 
I would ask that they respect that I enjoy Ella Reese and Abigail Mack having a scene together, even if it's six months from now and how excited I am, and I may or may not have a countdown for it. So I want, I, just, I, I want to go back to some people like things and some people go to it. My wife, confused by my love of South St. Louis, right. has never, nor will she ever, in general, I think, ask me to go look at lights. Mm-hmm. She understands that that is not something that I understand in any capacity. And I really love her for that. Mm. Um, but I understand plenty of people like to do it. It is not my thing. That probably does not surprise people. I think I get it more for, like, Tilly's Park mm-hmm. and the Winter Wonderland thing, although even with that, don't Boy, get it. Boy, the traffic backs up all the way. Boy, there was a year about seven years ago. My mom wanted us all to ride around in a fucking horse-drawn carriage and look at those lights. Oh, yeah. And me and my... It's like usually me and Kevin, you know, internally. We won't... And, and with our wives also, but the wives just have to go along with it. Right. Uh, just, you gotta be. Like, if there was, like, a, a buyout of some kind. Well, this is before you had kids, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Wouldn't matter now. <laughs> 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 Where my mom, and I can picture my dad also. That's the thing about my dad. Yeah. Like, how he puts up with this shit is beyond <laughs> me. Because he gets asked to do a lot of... You know, and he doesn't do most. Don't make me clear. He don't want to do any of it, and, right. he, and he won't do most of it. Mm-hmm. Which is why when they go out of town, and I know the countdown's on, like he loves it. Mm-hmm. Your mom goes, and my mom goes, but you just sit there and watch TV. But I can look out at that golf course, Missy, and feel like it was all worth the bullshit I put up with. Which might be psychologically why I appreciate my escape. Right. I also think part of it's the weather, but yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't play on the golf course. He can just look out at it and then like pick up balls from the guys who are, who hit him too far left over by his home on number one. Yeah. Some people like things. Some people exactly. Like things. But my mom wants to be doing shit. Yeah. Like I can't, my favorite, the controversial vacation of TMA, mm-hmm. the week between Christmas and New Year's. I mean, I love that week. And you know why I love that week? is because it's the one week of year where people just kind of, like, leave you alone. Right. Work, everyone oh. knows. We can handle that the first week of 2024. Oh. And you don't get asked to do shit. Yep. Maybe by your family. A little bit. A little bit. But I am at a point. My son now is almost two, and then we have an older one who's six. And I now, it's like the Home Alone thing yesterday. If you would have told me a decade ago when God only knows what I was doing. You know, a decade ago, it popped up in my memories. Anna Marie with Charles Barkley. Nice. N- not in a cuck situation, but down at uh, the, the hotel in Atlanta where we stayed, and Barkley oh, was yeah. staying there in the lobby right after Missouri lost to Auburn. Yeah. And he was all, he goes, oh, boy, I didn't think I could get drunker than, than last Saturday because last Saturday was the, the kick iron, six. Yeah, iron Bowl, yeah. And the Saturday before that, I think, was the tip ball against Georgia. Oh, that's right. That fucking Auburn was Good living call. in prayer left and right. Yeah, boy. And he was so complimentary in Missouri. But anyway, that popped up in my Facebook memories. Yes, that I would, like, want to drive downtown, and it looks great. <laughs> and on a Sunday afternoon and sit there and watch Home Alone yeah. and have the St. Louis. But because my son enjoyed it, I enjoyed it. So that's, you know, but that's the way that it goes. But if he really wanted to ride around in a horse-drawn carriage to look at lights, I'd be like, I'm out. (laughs) And everybody can be mad at me, and I don't really care. I am out. I did that for my mom. You're a six-year-old boy. 
<laughs> what the fuck are we doing here? That's exactly what I would say. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, the parents would get drunk and play poker all night whilst the kids would run around doing WWF moves to each other. Hashtag pours, hashtag dinner parties. Uh, let's see... And e- Engine Joe is in the chat and says, you guys going to completely ignore it's Rita Morano's birthday? Who's that? Is she a porn star? Uh, I couldn't tell you. Who's that? Who's Stan Lee? Jesus. All right, let me go into some more questions here on QFTA. I have a call at 1.30. It's 12.41, so Jackson, we have an out, and you got to be thrilled about it. Uh, let's see. Oh, these were posted in the thread on the QFTA thing. Uh, let's see. All right, let me go into that thread. How about the yellow race picture? You a fan? Solid. Rock solid. You're coming around. I mean, it's not hard to. It's, uh, you know. I really, let me tell you something here. Sure. I really, I want to pull her aside, not for that reason. Sure. And say, listen, sister, if you can just get off the Instagram and the, and the walks in the mountains and showing me your Apple Watch yeah. for a year. Yeah, lock in. You can make millions of dollars, yeah. but we need you to focus for a year, for a year. In. And you can take a month off like twice. Yeah. But for 10 of those 12 months, let's let's do some work and and make millions and then try. But she's just too, Abigail Mack, who do you think's better looking, Abigail Mack or Ella Reese? Or do you have another one who you're... Ella Reese. Yeah. I would agree with you. Yeah. Abigail Mack knows how... To, Abigail Mack's got a little work ethic. Yeah. And she's... God only knows how much money she has. Right. And it really bothers me for Ella. She's going to leave a lot of putts out there. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like, with, with any celebrity, you think that your prime is going to last forever. And I think we all know that that's just not the case. Amen. So strike while the iron is hot would be my advice, personally. But, you know... Whatever's paying the bills, I guess. But that, that you well, strive for more. The answer to that is a guy. Yeah. Right. Well. Well, I just it bothers me. But I I've brought Ella Reese to uh, portions of our audience, and I am thrilled for it. And there is an appreciation for her work. There's Cletus right from behind on you. Mm-hmm. And there's Jennings with Ariana Marie. All right, here we go. Um, from Timmy Recaps, first question: If you had to choose your legacy, you'll only be remembered for one. Would it be TMA or Sound Story? All right, Jackson. I know this question is not for you, but how do you think I would answer the question? And then, of course, I shall answer the question. If I you had think. to choose your legacy, you only be remembered for one. Would it be remembered for TMA? Would it be TMA or Sound Story? Ladies and gentlemen, Jackson Burkett answering the question is me. I would say that I think you would want it to be TMA because there's a lot of blood and sweat poured into not only the show itself, but keeping it together for so long. And uh, I think that in itself, like having a radio show in Morning Drive for almost 20 years now is unheard of a lot of places in many markets across the country. So to do that, uh, obviously not all you, but doing some of the work that needed to be done and sacrifices that need to be made, I would say that you would say TMA. That's interesting. I thought you were going to say what my real answer actually is. Mm. And my real answer is, and I'm not saying this to be flippant because I, Timmy Recaps asks some of the best questions that we've gotten on this podcast over the last few years. But, and once I say it, I think you'll be like, oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, so I'm not answering one or the other. Sure. I, the honest answer is I don't care 
That's mm. that's the honest answer. Mm. I really don't. Right. But I mean, and I'm not saying that to like make it sound like I'm above it. It just doesn't matter. And I guess that I, you know, and I'm trying to psychoanalyze why I feel that way. And I think the reason is I can't control it. I'm dead. Uh, in addition, and then while I'm alive, there are things that are said about me that aren't true and I'm alive. <laughs> so what the fuck can I do right. then? So that I just, I, I, I just, but, it, but we have talked about it. I think more on the shows than, than the podcast that it does seem to be a thing for celebrities to create their own legacy projects with these quote unquote documentaries. Yep. That is a phenomenon of the last decade that, it's like, oh, I'm looking forward to this. Oh, he produced it. I don't really fucking want to see it then. It's mm. going to be this, you know. Um, so, yeah, I just, I, I mean, I, I, I saw that question. I'm like, boy, I love his questions. But on this one, my, my answer is going to be really disappointing. The way you answered it was better than I did. The thing is, I have worked. I just don't talk about it because who the hell cares? I have worked harder in 2023 than years, years, probably going back to when we started 920 um, on Sound Story. But it's not the work that anybody would necessarily see. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and also it's stuff that is outside of my comfort zone or my lane, my strengths in raising capital, hiring, um, you know, bringing investors on board, pitching investors, right. and then attempting to grow a business that, you know, was essentially an idea that was born on this podcast. Um, and, uh, and so that, you know, you talk about, I know what you mean by blood, sweat and tears with TMA, the blood, sweat and tears with TMA is so different than sound story because the blood, sweat and tears with TMA was more, the show has never been blood, sweat and tears, the seven to 10, right. it's the external facts, the external stuff that was, psychologically devastating and stress unlike like any time any time and it and it isn't often like you know like i mean i've said it on here before like i make basically nothing to do balloon party hmm. <laughs> i mean for real i think you're making more than me doing balloon party. i'm not saying that flippantly because we could pay it on our reads there that's right. it right that's what we could pay it on. um and 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 then I'll just go, boy, but we're not dealing with him or him and what that was like. Right. Holy shit. And I can't, you know, just the handful of things that the public knows that they're actually right about some of this stuff. And they go, how the hell did you do it? I'm like, you guys, I mean, I appreciate you saying that because that is the proper response to it. But you don't even, like, you know, like, page right. one right. you don't even like you wouldn't like the rest of it you wouldn't believe it and i know it's kind of like i know something you don't know anytime we talk about this i just don't want to get into it maybe at some point i will i don't know i don't know what, what the upside is i don't know if it ever is but it's just it was so fucking miserable like even if or when the time comes that i leave hubbard and who knows i don't know and i'm not saying that like it's just it, it inevitably happens right uh at least i think I, like, John Kiowski is a, I mean, he's just a professional. Doug was saying in a commercial break today, best boss he's ever had. Wow. 
Yeah. High praise. Yeah, and it was in a commercial break. So this wasn't like, hey, right. look at me. I'm going to post something on Facebook and talk about it. And that wasn't a shout at <laughs> I saw you. <laughs> I saw you smile. <laughs> that wasn't what it was. No, I know, I know. Like, my point, it's just not the way Doug talks. Right. Like, Doug doesn't really have moments of career introspection. No. You know? No. Uh, and, I mean, for real, like, it's not a bullshit thing. Like, am I – anybody's money – like – I think most people know you get to a point in your career where you realize you can kiss ass all you want. It doesn't fucking matter. If right. you are costing the company money or there's somebody they can bring in who's going to make more, you can be a great boss. Part of being a great boss is doing what's financially responsible for the business also. Right. There's multiple elements to every right. job. Absolutely. So he may have to fire me today for all I know. He might have to fire me. I don't know. I might, you know, the time may come where I just go, hey, I'm going to go and do this. It won't change you know, and Tommy Mattern and Keith Krause. I mean, for real, in this building, it's not a bullshit thing. It's just perfect. It's not like necessarily like like saintly human beings. They're just professional. Right. It's not personal. It's not like a, you know, it's not like something where you go, fuck, you could do a movie on this, you right. know? It's just, it's just, it's like a normal workplace, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And, and, and also with the on-air people. You know, there isn't, like, a bunch of insecure. It's just, like, it's just people go to work. That's what I appreciate. You know, financially, everybody's in a better spot. And that's that's certainly great, because when it gets down to it, that certainly is why you go to work. You know, but but my appreciation, I know you got a little taste. It's just professional, you know. And I'm not, that's not really, like, a high bar. But, I mean, for Doug to say that, you know... That's saying something. At the same time, you know, I know who, you know, for the last 23 years his bosses have been, minus some of the more recent television ones, but we were there with television. And that isn't necessarily, you know, I mean, it's not like we were working for Bob Hyland, you know, in the past. So, but John truly is. Like, I, I, I'm telling you, and I, like, I'll probably say it whenever is his last day, if, like, he's retiring or if I'm leaving because I don't want it to come off as kiss-ass. But I admire the way he handles a job that I, you know, I handled, like, a sli- like like a financially literal sliver of the revenue he handles and, therefore, a sliver of the operations costs he manages and then also still has to report to, right? you know, people at corporate. And the way... He handles it. I have such admiration for it. And my compensation is, I mean, people might think it's a kiss-ass thing. It just isn't. My, you know, it's just not. Um, I'm in awe of it. And then Tommy has to manage 60 on-air person. That's 60 on-air person. That's 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 like 10 people, you know, when you're talking about egos. And, right, and right. yet somehow this place doesn't have any bullshit going on. And if it does, it's kept in the room. Yep. Like, I'm not a for real. Like, if somebody doesn't like anybody, somebody in here, I have no idea. I'm not talking about on TMA. I'm talking about, like, in the whole fucking building. Right. And I'm sure it has to exist. It has to. Right. But I'm not aware of it. That's important. Uh, and then uh, Keith. I mean, Keith, the director of sales, which, obviously, I interact with him. But you would think that's probably the person I interact with the least. He might be the person I talk with the most. Um, but I think the world of him and managing 20-plus salespeople. And I'm not doing this to say great things about Hubbard. I'm just saying that's what we, me and Doug, mean by this isn't like, hey, please don't fire us. <laughs> this is just an observation from being in the business, a combined, shit, probably 70 years when you combine Doug and me. 
and going, man, I have an appreciation for the way that they manage because it's, you know, still things have to be done. Um, but the manner with which they conduct it, because the culture of an office, any office, radio, podcasting, or otherwise, it's set by the leaders. Yes. And I know that I was honest with people, but I knew if I was having a bad day, I couldn't spin it in a meeting. The rest of everybody knew I was having a bad day. I wasn't taking it out on people, but I wore it because I felt an obligation to let people know where I was. But then I wasn't necessarily my best. And so when somebody is able to do something that I know I can't or couldn't do, and they do it at a level that is, I just have a great appreciation for it. I really do. And I recognize a lot of it has to be, you know, I don't know what the right word would be. You know, you have to compartmentalize and so on. But that, that sets a tone, and that's why this place is successful, and this place was successful well before we were here, and it'll be successful long after we're gone. Yeah. But it, that, it's a, you know, and I don't even know, you know it's, I just I really truly have an appreciation for it. With regard to a TMA or Soundstory, I guess you're right on that. Um, I mean, Soundstory certainly has the higher ceiling. Um, it also has the lower floor. I mean, TMA at this point, no matter what, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's got 20 years and it's been a great time. I think, I think the thing that I know, the thing that I'm probably most proud of at the moment is how I know I worked to keep, it to, to keep TMA together. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm easily most proud of, easily. The thing is, the public doesn't know about that. And it's not really my place to say that because then I'm be exp- going into things that, yeah. you know. But yeah. that that... That was really tough, and it was really tough. Me, Martin, and the cat got together on a Sunday morning in 2005, I think, at a, like, deli, like, maybe, like, a fucking Quiznos in Clayton. <laughs> and there's nobody, we're just like, there'll be nobody there. Yeah. And we're like, how are we going to, you know, right. that's 2005. That was Martin and the cat, you know. And almost every year since, there has been something. And it has been brutal. But with that said, I truly am grateful that, you know, that we did it. I shouldn't say that I did it, but that we did it, that we stuck with it. Because there's always just been a belief, and I don't know, maybe it was misguided, but that we had something here. So when we came over here and it was successful... I know the five of us, I mean, I know Iggy and Plowboy aren't necessarily going to be involved in that kind of conversation, but you would be and Doug would be, and it was successful. We weren't like, holy shit. Right. Like, well, yeah, yeah, this is what we do. I, you, know, you just didn't know it, and now you do, which was always the thing that me and my wife to an extent, but guy who's advised me for more than a decade now, and I mean, rock for me, we would say, whoever, and we were talking about at the time, Entercom, iHeart, which was Clear Channel, um, Hubbard, Emmis, I guess KTRS, whoever of that group, and obviously most of those aren't around now, just finally gives us the chance. They're going to go, why the fuck didn't we do this sooner? Mm -hmm. These dumb shits have been in our backyard we just left a bunch of money out there for a number of years. It's not like we're, it's not like we like, Oh, let's change. We're doing the exact same thing that we were doing in 2016. Right. You know? Right. Um, and so in a way I wish it would have happened sooner 
because life wouldn't have been, it was rough. I mean, it really was. And I, I think if people knew, I think they'd go, holy shit, I probably would have bailed. But at the same time, the appreciation uh, for, for it is greater because of the struggle to get to it, you know, um, if that makes any sense. Like if you just go into the league and you win a Super Bowl, it probably feels different than if you were like on take your pick of whatever shit team. Right. Not to say we won a Super Bowl, but my point is your appreciation. Like Chris Long being on a... Yeah, know, absolutely. That's team. a nice example. And then yes. two straight Super Bowls with... So in that team. sense, at this moment, it would be TMA. You know, the people who invested in Sound Story certainly want it to be Sound Story. And I do, too, because that would be a financial thing. Right. And, and anytime you're talking legacy with a public figure, no matter the size of the public figure, it's your legacy is defined by what the people know, what the public knows. So that's why I think these legacy projects coming out... Because it's like, well, the public might not know that much about me, so here's my opportunity to define my own legacy. But if people don't know everything about what you've done in your career and the behind-the-scenes stuff, then they can think what your legacy is one way or another, but it ultimately won't paint the entire picture. Yeah, I just don't... I don't know. I don't... I don't know. I've said it on the air before, and it just means, the like, the people who I truly know and then who I respect. Like, there are people who know me, but I... You know... <laughs> You know, I, right. I, I kind of know them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, so, like, the key. I mean, I, if anything, I think one of the best things, I, you know, that's may, you'll understand, like, some of the people who really don't like me, it would be bad if they did. Mm. Kind of, yeah. You know what I mean? You made that, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like, if Sarah Palin endorsed me as a candidate, I'd go, oh, fuck. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So that is how I view that part of it. But, you know, the Brian Burwell story of if you had your hand in my pocket with your hand on my wallet, I would assume you were acting in my best interest. At, like, the lowest time of my life, potentially both personally and professionally, like, that's... There's nothing better you can do. Yeah, like, like that's the greatest. And then the people like him and then Strauss, obviously, who've passed. But, like, a guy like Joe Buck, you know, who I know is, like, this truly like great selfless person there was a person who needs a legacy project mm. but would never do it because that's not who he is right. you know like the the fraud guys they're not necessarily I don't but I don't really want them to I don't need them to tweet how you know I don't fucking it's yeah. just not I don't know so I, so I get what you're saying like a legacy is based on what the public think you're you're exactly right about right, that what they know and if they don't know the entire right. thing then who gives a damn but then whose like whose place is it and even if you, I, I said hey Jackson let everybody know what I you weren't around so you don't even know right and, what and even that is. is you know if it's not firsthand account or it's not, right it's, so it's, it just doesn't matter and it's yeah. Doug couldn't care any less about this stuff <laughs> no. so you know so I guess it's just gonna it'll it'll go away but I but at the same time I also think part of the legacy is keeping shit in the room that, that, yeah. <laughs> you know so then it would kind of go against it right. if like i aired people out you know what i mean absolutely, <laughs> it's a total catch right. 22 so in that it's sense. like but that's the thing like the stories require some you know there were there were enemies i guess for lack of a better term sure. i just think the audience is like somehow had some people in the enemy camp who might have been you know whatever not qualified but missed the like obvious ones, yeah. and I just go, yeah, I don't know. We're fine. So if you don't you think what you want, do what you want, whatever. Right. I don't know. You talk about Doug and not caring about his legacy. I would pay so much to just if someone could run drop a picture of him, kind of looking longingly into the distance, and then just be, uh, be like, Vaughn, the Doug story. And it's like him starting out like with the iPad, like Jordan. Yeah, you just did. What do you want me to talk about? Yeah. He just, I mean, that's the thing. That's, I mean, that would be wild. I mean, I know, I've, 
but the the thing where some, I don't know what it was. It was 2016 for sure at KFNS. Maybe 2017 because we were in the St. Charles Studios. That's the only way I know these years, so I can picture where we were. That's my year trick. And uh, and I remember having to call the cat and Doug about it. And the cat was all fired up and like I don't know whatever. He was all worked up. And then I called Doug with the same thing, and he goes. Well, well, that's stupid, but we'll probably laugh about it in a couple months, just like all this other stuff. And I go, there you go. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go. That just kind of kind of sums it up. That's just, and that's the Doug Von Nirvana that we all, that that we all, all seek in this yeah, industry. All striving for. Uh, let's see what else I got. Uh, does Craig Berube end this season as Blues coach? I think he should. And I actually kind of feel strongly about this. But I'm... But I'm not sure I would bet it at this moment. Mm. Mm. Yeah, from my, uh, and I want to say my text messages aren't like sources, but just like people whose opinions I respect. I'm not sure. And I think it would be super wrong. But at the same time, if he's just growing frustrated, you know, right before you and I started this, they waved Rana. Mm -hmm. that. that direction was going. Uh, the Lou Korak column, holy shit. Uh, this past weekend after the Blues lost to the Blue Jackets and Blackhawks. And Verona was certainly his number one target. I just think it's like you kind of knew what you were going into this year. So, like, okay, there are 500. It's like, right. what else were you expecting? I just think that's, I just, I'm really against parting ways with coaches yeah. unless there are extenuating circumstances behind the scenes. I really am. I think organizations, colleges get rid of coaches too quickly. So, I really feel so strongly about that. Yeah, it's crazy. It really, I mean, though, and I, I'm, I'm in the same camp where, if you really want somebody like, especially someone like Craig Bruby, who's proven that he can bring a championship here, and even outside of that, like he's so well respected, and anytime you hear him talk, you're just like, yeah, this is a guy who I'd like to play for personally. I just think people, fans, think like, oh, well, we'll fire our coach and things will magically change. But you really, you go backwards. You're having to go backwards to right. go forward, and I hate that. Like I, that was the whole thing with like the drink thing at the beginning of the year. I was like. Sure, you can can them after this year if they have more mediocrity, but then you're just, especially for football programs at Missouri, at that place in particular, yeah. that's the thing. You're taking that's such a, a big you got to go, back. you know, it's a different bar, even if you want to go to like New York with yeah, take, like right. the Yankees. I mean, okay, you can, you can immediately re, but if you're like the, you know, Buffalo Sabres, you know, and you haven't been to the playoffs in forever. You know, you're really firing Don Granado because Tage Thompson, I know I'm getting very hockey specific here, but, you know, because Tage Thompson's been hurt and the team isn't doing what the expectations, it's just, it, you set yourself back and with the Blues, I just, I, but, but let me make it clear, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's going to happen, but I wouldn't bet it. Mm -hmm. And I'm starting to think it might be more possible. You know, one of the, like, I'm like, okay, Steve Ott, I don't think anybody would necessarily say Steve Ott's the problem, but he's responsible for the power play, and the power play, play is historically bad. Right. You usually don't see assistant coaches fired in the middle of a season in hockey, hockey without yeah. the whole staff. Right. right. But I don't know. But then at the same time, he's like a guy who is kind of a head coach material guy, mm -hmm. whether it be in St. Louis or elsewhere, and when they part ways with him over the power play when part of the power play issue is the makeup of the roster but then at the same time they can't even get the damn thing in the zone and keep it there i mean it's 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 right. it's almost always like there has to be a fall guy for it even like and i just don't think they're i just don't think they're but you know then they, maybe it's a good thing for the blues that if they do fall out of it they're getting 11 home games in the next 15 now so right. from attendance standpoint and i'm just i'm just not sold it's that bad i don't know I, the, the verona thing was really interesting because that was a guy that they thought was 
going to be something and yeah, you'd just him. wave him. When he'd shoot, it's like, oh, boy, this guy is next level. Right. But if you can't do it on both sides of the ice, am I doing that right? Yeah, I think you are. I okay. think you are. Well, he, he, he was just healthy scratching, too. Yeah, awesome. uh, Do you have any guilty pleasure movies? That's from Micah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I figure this this is more of a Jackson question. So, I mean, geez, so many. Uh, I would consider, like, all the... But guilty pleasure, that now, now, like, I... There's like a negative connotation to that when I don't think there needs to be. Like, I love the movie Up in the Air. And when you break it down, it's just a rom-com, you know, pretty simple. Well, I don't think so. I I disagree with that. But I think there's more to it. Right. And so I think that there's that's a little bit. It's also kind of a period piece in a way. Yeah, and it was nominated for Best Picture, so it's tough to say. Right, but I mean, it it, it really, you had to kind of, I don't know, I'm surprised it resonates with you as well because you were 11 when that came out. You know, yeah. a lot of it had to do with the Great Recession. Sure. You sure, know? Sure. Um, and remote work, interestingly enough, even though a different kind of remote work than the current one. Right. And I, I just said, yeah, it is a very interesting snapshot. In right. That time. Yes. You know, and yeah, and also, uh, real like, there's two main, very mainstream actors who have very, J.K. Simmons is someone who gets fired in St. Louis. Yeah. And then Zach Galifianakis is in the beginning part of that movie. He's the one where they're like giving an example of someone who gets fired and like pours bleach in the coffee and oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's Zach Galifianakis before it was pre-Hangover. Hangover came out the same year, but I think it came out maybe after that. Right. Either and way. Reitman and Todd Phillips are close friends, so I'm assuming that those there was some conversation going on between those two about this guy who was big in the. If I told circles. you that I went, to, I was on the set for Up in the Air. Yeah, you told okay, me that. Right. Uh, was so it? I figure that might be an orgasm thing for you. I just think Clooney is so damn good as an actor, and he unfortunately really wants to direct, and he can't really direct. Oh, is that right, really? Yeah, I would consider it guilty pleasure. Like, I think, like, superhero movies are kind of guilty pleasure movies. Like, I don't know if I've ever even seen one. Yeah, they're, like, they're totally, subs- like, devoid of substance. But you know what? There's cool action, and they spend a lot of money on it. Here's mine, The American President. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's Aaron Sorkin uh, yeah. script. And I'm telling you... The speech Michael Douglas gives okay. at the end, mm-hmm. I tr- I don't live by it, but if you want to know my politics, that's my politics. And it's in an absolutely unpopular stance because, and that movie's from 95. Yep. I mean, so now, what well, you're talking about, a period piece, just a different time in American politics. But essentially, he says, I can't remember. You know what? It's such a good speech. I'll go, what was his name? As Andrew Shepard, I think. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I remember reciting it. This was back when, like, at the beginning of the morning grind, and they were trying to, like, they were pissed at us, and one of the guys from the, uh, like, the Atlanta group was listening to the show and goes, boy, that is an incredible speech. I go, oh, absolutely. absolutely. And it's like a guy who hated us. Uh, I'm looking for that speech. I, I mean, it's not, I'm making it the up. The premise to, of the movie is is a little bit... It's like that would it can never happen where the president is in a uh, oh god relationship yeah, yeah. with an environmental lobbyist right <laughs> but but I love I love like the idea it's very West Wing esque it's yes. like the the West Wing came out in the late nineties this yeah, was ninety five yeah. um, and it is Aaron Sorkin same thing yeah. same person but as far as like this is this is why I guess I alienate both conservatives and liberals but I I, I you need principle mm-hmm. I don't think that's really like a bold position to take um let's see 
for the record, I am, yes, I am a card-carrying member of the ACLU, but the more important question is, why aren't you, Bob? Now, this is an organization whose sole purpose is to defend the Bill of Rights, so it naturally begs the question, why would a senator, his party's most powerful spokesman and a candidate for president, choose to reject upholding the Constitution? Now, if you can answer that question, folks, then you're smarter than I am, because I don't underst- I didn't understand it until a few hours ago. This part, not that part. America isn't easy. America is advanced citizenship. You've got to want it bad because it's going to put up a fight. It's going to say, you want free speech? Let's see you acknowledge a man whose words make your blood boil, who's standing center stage and advocating at the top of his lungs that which you would spend a lifetime opposing at the top of yours. That is essentially at the centerpiece, the summary of my political views. Right, not having selective exactly. outrage. Yes. We hate theocracies in the United States. Okay, but there is a healthy percentage of the Republican Party that views the United States as a Christian nation. Right. So we can talk about theocracies, but then we need to have a conversation about <laughs> right. our own theocracy here. Yeah, the whole You're idea. Anti-Islam yeah. in the Middle East. Okay, that's fine. But the whole, I mean, the whole foundation of the United States is separation of church and state. Well, I don't really like that. I, it's fine. It's the whole reason I came over here <laughs> is religious exactly. freedom. Exactly. I mean, that's John Adams' whole tenet. Yeah. But, you know, but then you become the smartest guy in the room just by reciting a basic piece of history. But anyway, you want free speech? Let's see you acknowledge a man whose words make your blood boil, who's standing center stage and advocating at the top of his lungs that which you would spend a lifetime opposing at the top of yours. You want to claim this land as the land of the free? Then the symbol of your country cannot just be a flag. The symbol also has to be one of its citizens exercising his right to burn that flag in protest. Now show me that. Defend that. Celebrate that in your classrooms. Then you can stand up and sing about the land of the free. There you go. Yeah. That's it. Like, I can hate plenty of shit and disagree with it, but that's it. Not somebody tweeting something out and then go on an apology tour and then off to an island where they're never heard from again without being asked about that. I fucking hate that. And that is not limited to liberals or conservatives. It's practiced, I think, across the board. I am sure there are exceptions to it. So, you know, people wonder about my Jack Danforth thing. I admire, he has alienated the party that he was, you know, the face of and nearly the vice president for by saying what he truly thinks, both on religion and its tie into the, the party, but also on candidates, not just Trump. Uh, I'm like, ah, that's a man. And this is, that was shit. I started to get to know him in 2015. Trump wasn't even on the scene then. Or if he was, it was, you know, that wasn't, you know, I mean, that was kind of when it was like, oh, let's watch this because it'll be funny thing. Not, you know, it wasn't taken seriously. Right. Uh, it was about his book condemning the Republican Party for tying itself to the religious right and explained how it came to happen. The Republican Party said he got to D.C. and there were like, I don't know, 40 Republican senators, maybe less than that, because they were experiencing shrapnel from Watergate. Richard Nixon, of course, being a Republican. And so then also the stench of the Vietnam War. And the Republicans are blamed for that as well as, you know, Democrats. But Watergate, Vietnam, Nixon, boom. It was very unpopular to be a Republican. And it's not like Jimmy Carter was a popular president. So the Republicans tried to figure out a way to get a voting bloc back, feeling like Democrats might be losing control of the South. Hence the partnership with Jerry Falwell. And away we go. And Liberty will take on Oregon coming up in the festival. Yeah, it's funny that you brought up the American president because you can also see parallels into Sorkin's later work with 
the newsroom where Jeff Daniels kind of takes over that role of Michael Douglas, where he is the Republican, but is on the news talking about, like, pointing out flaws in the Republican Party. And obviously Sorkin's been criticized many times for his very optimistic standpoint on not only journalism, but politics in America. But, you know, it, it does paint a really interesting picture of, like, what you've always talked about, where you don't know what someone's going to say before they say it when it comes to a political statement. And so I think he's done a really good job with that. And the American president, that speech in itself is a great representation of that, where it's critically thinking through the world of politics, not just, you know, oh, I'm a Republican, so I believe in this. Oh, I'm a Democrat, I believe in this. No, I believe in the Constitution. I believe on doing what is right. It doesn't matter if the Republicans are championing that or Democrats are championing that. It's what I believe is right. Yeah, how often do you see a Democrat, well, I don't want Republicans under fire, go, hey, you know, I disagree with this, or a Republican when a Democrat's under fire, you know? It's, it's a very rare thing. It's, it's, and it's not going to happen anytime soon. No. But that's... You know, I'm I'm longing for days gone by, and uh, and I don't see them coming anytime soon. Uh, let's see. Uh, I think I saw that Ella Reese video recently. Oh, good for you. For QFTA, I'd love a deeper dive into where you see Mizzou athletics heading in the coming years. Does Desiree Reed Francois get more credit for recent success instead of Drink or Gates? Does NIL change the landscape enough to level the playing field in the Tigers' favor? Do you think a victory of Ohio St- over Ohio State or a relevant or relevant tourney success in basketball are bigger keys to keeping the positive momentum going versus regular season success slash progress? A lot of questions there, Jackson. You can yeah, it's like dive a, into this one too. Little, little Piddles Weekend wrap up. It is kind of yeah. question. <laughs> it's series rat a tat tat. Uh, does Desiree Reed Francois get more credit for recent success instead of? I mean, that's, I feel like that should be than Drinker Gates because it's not an instead. Um, I don't think I don't think an AD is ever going to get the same amount of credit as a head coach. Nor will they get the same amount of blame. Yeah, I, I just I don't. Yeah. You know, I mean, when Missouri heads to Amherst next October, you know, you'd be mad at Eli Drinkwitz or Desiree Reed Francois, and either one of them had anything to do with it. Right. They were trying to get out of that game. Uh, I actually, I guess I can say no. I have a secondary source. Like how, like what the whole thing was. Like they were trying to get out of that. They're like Missouri football will play at what looks like a high school stadium next year in right. the middle of October. Yep. Probably a couple weeks after playing in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. If I had to guess how the schedule is going to work out. Agree. And 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 it's going to be a whole topic. I mean, I, we've just seen this thing. The fact they're playing Boston College in in Columbia is a little weird. Right. But playing UMass is. Yeah. yeah. Doing I mean, it holy shit. And so they tried to get out of it. It was booked by or scheduled by Jim Stark, and uh, they just wore, they would have to buy out. They they both agreed to buy out of it, but UMass was able to get out of the game, and and find a replacement. But then Missouri wasn't at least not one. I and mean, maybe they could have gotten Washington State or Oregon State for obvious reasons. Right. Pac-12 being the obvious reasons, but you know if you're trying to right Why you know you risk it. Yeah, and who's their best? Who's their toughest non-conference next year? I guess Boston College? Yeah, because the Kansas thing doesn't start until 25, right? Yeah. Yeah, so then it would be BC, I think. Yeah, it just shows them, and yeah. that's the... But they're also doing... I, I mis- correct me if I'm incorrect, but they're playing one extra conference game this right. year. Right. So, so that yeah, would, so you don't want to take a chance on, I mean, going to Corvallis or what, 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 Pullman? Pullman, yep. Yeah, I mean, it's just such a... But that's the thing. It's like, yeah. you know, you see there's just... Why would it... And that's one of the byproducts of of this magic uh, that was the college football playoff. Why would you ever risk 
a non-conference game. Yeah. Now you can say, well, Texas got in because of it. You're absolutely right. But Alabama almost didn't get in. And, and Florida State was not rewarded for right. two SEC non-conference. And by the way, not Vanderbilt in South Carolina. No. You know, LSU in Florida. Right. Uh, let's see. So to go along with this, uh, does NIL change the landscape enough to level the playing field in the Tigers' favor? Uh, I don't well, – I mean, again, it's kind of a – I'm very particular here with my reading. Level the playing field in the Tigers' favor. That wouldn't be leveling the playing field. But moving things in Missouri's favor, absolutely. Uh, but that's what this uh, – that's what – that's at this moment perhaps things change. Do you think a victory over Ohio State or relevant tourney success in basketball are bigger keys to keeping the positive momentum going versus regular season success progress? Uh, I actually have two different answers for that, and I think you would agree with me on that. I already know. Yeah, go. yeah. I mean, beating Ohio State, Missouri has already won this year. Yes. I said that. I think going into I don't even know, maybe the Georgia game. Like the Georgia game wasn't the game where I was like. Ooh, is Missouri for real? I'm, I'm Missouri was Missouri for me was for real after the Kentucky win. Mm-hmm. That was where I was like, okay, right. now let's just see because that's not because Kentucky's great, but that was a that was the game. I mean, I know the score of the Tennessee game. I'm not sure what I still am not sure what the hell Tennessee is this year. I don't really know if you have a real good idea on what Tennessee is this year mm-hmm. uh, because a number of their wins were against some real shitty teams, yeah. and I I, th- I don't even know. Do they have a who's who's and I'm not trying to go college football centric on you here a couple weeks after the season. Who's Tennessee's best win? Oof. Uh, I don't even know. They I, lost to Florida. I was gonna say Florida, but they, they, they lost to won. Alabama. They lost to Georgia. They lost to Missouri. Yeah. Did they? They had to have beaten South Carolina. Yeah. They had to. I mean, they're playing them. Iowa, so that's a that's not really a great referendum. They beat Virginia, Austin P, UTSA. Might be that. Uh, South Carolina, A&M probably. Yeah, yep. Or Kentucky and Lexington, but it was a six-point win. They played the fucking UConn, which was a season-long bet for me that I terrible. <laughs> Jimmy Mora. Jimmy Mora. Jimmy Mora lost his quarterback in week one, and I was done. <laughs> uh, and uh, Vanderbilt. So, yeah, either Kentucky or A&M. Anyway, um, they didn't beat A&M. Yeah, they beat A&M and Nealon. How the fuck are we on this topic, by the way? Oh, because, yeah. They've already won. Like, like I, I, who was the lowest seed that got to the Final Four last year? Was there an 11? Uh, probably for Atlantic, yeah. And they were an 11? I think so. So I imagine their regular season wasn't, like, magical in Boca last year. But I assure you that their fans will hold that season up as one of the greatest in the history of that program. If not the greatest, it's their Final Four season. Right. So... That season was not determined until they got to the first round of the NCAA tournament. Yeah, it's different than basketball. With Missouri, and Missouri got into the NCAA tournament this year, people forget about Jackson State. It might be a nice little footnote, like the Blues winning the Cup. This team was in last place. This team lost to Jackson State, and then yeah. they won, won the Stanley Cup and won the NCAA tournament. Missouri, the, the verdict's in. They've already won. I think from I think from Missouri fans, it's, I, th- I think James Carlton was a great representative this morning on TMA, and I know not everybody listens to TMA or listens to this, but he was going. He was you really? I think he was trying to like dig into me saying I won't have an emotional reaction to losing to Ohio State because yeah, I think for him he just can't wrap his mind around that, and I'm like. I just won't. I don't know what to say. I suppose if, like, they lost on a Hail Mary or, you know, like they were winning and Ohio State came back late. But this has already been a great 
great year. I think there is a, I really do, and I don't know, I, I was having a conversation with somebody who was on the 07 team recently, and we, I was saying to him, I said, I think this team might be the best team, better than 07 and, and 13, and then we started going through the 07 roster, and it's kind of like, boy, that's, you, you go through that, and it might All be tough. Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. So that may be tough. Um, that that whole that stands the test of time. 13 doesn't. No, I would say this team is better than 13. But, um, you know, we were talking about the play on the lines, and I said the 07 team, though, didn't have to play LSU, but then at the same time, how good is LSU, and didn't have to go to Athens, but they did have to go to Norman. Yeah. And they hung with them, even though the score makes it look like they didn't. And then they played them again, and the fact that they just played a bad second half and Oklahoma beat the shit out of them really colors that. Um, that year is a year that I think Missouri truly could have, should have won the national championship. This year is a year where I think they could be one of the best teams in a year in which Ohio State may be the best team. Yeah. It doesn't sound like it because you're just like, oh, you've already eliminated Ohio State. Or Georgia, even though the Georgia one seems more plausible. Oregon was being thought of that way just a couple weeks ago. Now they're not because they've lost twice to Washington. I just don't know. Like, I'd, like let me put it this way. I'd be surprised if Washington won it. I guess I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan won it. But I, th- th- my point being, I wouldn't be surprised if anybody... Any of those teams wanted. And I think Missouri could hang with or beat any of those teams. But I know for a lot of people that sounds, sounds just immediately just have like, a, oh, that's a homer take or something like that. And it's, it's based on line play. That's where you separate it. And, and also Missouri just didn't have Luther Burden as Luther Burden in the second half of the season. Also, Georgia did not have Brock Bowers and Lad McCockey against Alabama. Same time, Alabama didn't have two members of their secondary against Georgia. So it goes on and on and on. I don't think Washington's had a healthy Michael Penix for a, a large portion of some of these near-death experiences that they've had. Um, so with that all said, you know, the, the win is already there for Missouri. It's got people talking. It's the most I've seen people talking Missouri football in my time in St. Louis. The key is, is to continue it to think that Missouri football went to back-to-back SEC championships and that equity was erased, not because of a bad season in 2015, but because of the campus protest stuff and the reaction to it in 2015. That's what destroyed it. That's what destroyed it. Also colors some people's opinions on Gary Pickle's legacy. Um, and, And so that momentum that you had, you need it year in, year out, for as long as you can keep it, where people go, well, shit, let's go down to Columbia for a game. I also think one of the things that's going to be really good about getting away from the CBS deal is those 11 o'clock games are, I think, going to become fewer. Like, when you have a big game, you're not going to get stuck with that shit. Yep. It matters. I mean, in my mind, there's not a doubt in my mind Missouri beats LSU if that's a night game. As, as dumb as that might sound, I mean, and, and comfortably, as dumb as that might sound, Um I'm not sure Missouri hangs with Georgia like they did if that was a night game at Athens. It cuts both ways. For sure. So uh, that'll be a positive thing. You find out the 11 o'clock games before the schedule even comes out. Huge. You can only be moved to a 2.30 and a night game, but you get notice well in advance. Like that shit that went on because of the CBS deal is over. That's huge because people go, yeah, I wanted to go to the game at the Dome, but we didn't know the schedule until, you know, and then we just didn't get tickets. Right. 
Uh, we wanted to go to the game against, you know, Tennessee, but we didn't know that it was an afternoon game until after the Georgia game. You know, all those things that come along with it. That stuff matters because college football isn't necessarily just about the results. It's about the atmosphere. You want to just go down for a game, go to a basketball game. Yeah. You want to go for a day-long or weekend-long experience, go to a college football game. But in order for it to be that, it needs to be more than locals and hardcores. And I think Missouri got there by the time they were playing Tennessee and Florida. Yeah. And that's what you need. So in that sense, that's how football's already won, and they can lose by 30 to Ohio State. And I'm not going to go, oh, maybe they weren't that good. Who knows what the hell would have happened then. Um, maybe some random who barely played for Ohio State this year comes in and he's a god because you know he's a five- or four-star recruit anyway and just goes off and Missouri didn't have tape on him and, you know, and Ohio State still had great defense and they were able to get through Missouri's offensive line or there's an injury or whatever the hell happens. I don't know. Missouri's 2023 season already is top three for me in my lifetime uh, no matter what happens with Ohio State. The basketball season is determined by what happens in March. Yeah, always has been, always will be, and that's just the the nature of it. Think back to 2012 and how good that basketball team was, but what do you remember? Losing to Norfolk State. And that's ultimately, that's the legacy, and it sucks, but that's just the nature of the sport. And to me, like, the prestige of a New Year's Six Bowl isn't winning the New Year's Six Bowl. It's being invited to the right. New Year's Six Bowl. The game itself, to me, is ceremonious because you're not playing – there's no goals of a championship after you win. Once it, it ends, the season is over, win or lose. So to me, you know, I don't care if uh, if they beat Ohio State. If they, I'd well, you don't. Them, well, I'd rather them win, but if they lose, I don't care. Okay, really? All right, that's interesting. Because I just don't think it's a real representation. Yeah, I, of yeah. Team. That's a, I, but if they were playing Ohio State like it uh, like the week before the Georgia game. Oh my God. Oh. Yeah, that would be the greatest. Holy shit. But then you're playing, you know, you're playing for something. Yeah, they, exactly. For I mean, holy shit. But now that's the thing. And for me, it's so easy. It's just, it's a, it's a tough thing. Cause so I think the casual fans like, holy shit, they're playing Ohio State. Cause they don't know. Right. Like they know, you know, the guys opting out. I mean, maybe they know Marvin Harrison Jr. Maybe Travion Henderson, maybe, but I mean, you get into why that team was so great. It's a bunch of games. Guys, I don't necessarily know their names on the D de- that defense was sick. Right. And Big Ten standard, the defense is what that one though. I mean, that traveled to South Bend and it's just I mean, that thing is is I you know, I would love to have seen how Missouri's offensive line did against that right. that defense. Right. And we're not just we're just not gonna see the same group. Not angry about it. I understand it. It's just the way that it is. It's what I am angry about is the fact there isn't a playoff this year because there should have been a playoff this year. Right. That, I mean, I guess I'm not angry. I'm regretful because I would love to have seen Missouri head to, I don't even know if it would have wound up, I know Oregon's eight, but I don't know if it's how it would have played out with, because right now the current format is six conference champions get in. Right. Obviously the Pac-12 one's going to go away and it'll probably be four. Right. They would have been on the the road somewhere. Yes, that's that we know for sure. It would have been awesome. The atmosphere, like I said on TMA, the atmosphere for home college football games and for playoff home college football games will be better than any atmosphere you can find in American sports. It will rival European soccer. It will be. It will be unbelievable how, like Penn State, you imagine at Happy Valley, if they're hosting Georgia or hosting Alabama for a playoff game at night. Yeah. What's it going to be like when, like, an SEC team has to go up to Ohio State in December? Right. Or Happy Valley or Ann Arbor? Oh, my God. Holy be... shit. It's going to, well, it's going to saying it's going to be, oh, my God, the SEC. Wait, till, I'm giving you a little Nostradamus. Well, that's not 
they're playing in conditions that SEC's, you know, they're telling that's that's coming. It's kind of like how Florida had avoided trips to Columbia in November for the most part since Missouri, and then they almost beat them this year with it. Um, so, yeah, man, this has been incredible. That's just the thing with college football. I always have a crash because I love it so much. The crash this year was more so because I was like, no matter what, there wasn't a right answer. Right. I just hate a team going undefeated in the Power Five and not getting in. But then at the same time, it's like, how could an SEC team? It's just, there was no right answer, and it was just going to. And it was dumb season. Right. Then it, it became was... then it became take Smith and dumb season. I'm just like, this is going to be. But I'm still like a few days after that haul happened, I was still irritated by it because I'm like, this. They opened up a door here, and this is this is that was. Yeah. You know that Texas Alabama game caused so much chaos. There just isn't a doubt in my mind. That if Georgia beats Alabama, Florida State's in. Yep. Yep. And you go, well, of course, because that means Alabama has two losses. But I'm telling you, Florida State would have been in over Texas. Right. Your number three seed, Florida State would have been over Texas. Right. Because Alabama losing diminishes to an extent. Texas has went over. Yes. But it just, it was, it was just, but I mean, still, they had the most impressive win of the year, yeah, winning in Tuscaloosa by double digits. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Up until Alabama beat Georgia, then I guess you could say that. But uh, even that isn't playing. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know on that. I don't know. I don't know. But either way, I mean, that's the issue. The whole system is subjective and it ruins this great thing. And then you have the Grapefruit League after you play the World Series. And that's, that's college football. And next year, it will not be that, and I am so looking forward oh, to it. It's just Missouri gets these seasons historically, not all that often, and that's why I'm just like, hey, why not Missouri? That was the title of one of the podcasts in September before they even fucking played LSU in Kentucky. Uh, how about this? I know I got to call it one third. I just got to read this. Thoughts on destination weddings when the groom slash bride passive aggressively shame you for not being able to make it to their wedding outside of the country? Do I move things around and go? Absolutely not. And fuck off to the bride and groom. All due respect. Yeah, if you're, if you're like, I mean, are you kidding me on that? If you're doing a destination wedding, you can't expect every single person to pony up that kind of money. Yeah, That's... I mean, my sister's getting married at a destination wedding. I won't be around uh, in uh, April, but she's my sister. Right. You know, it's not like out of the country. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I got to take, you know, a six-year-old and a two-year-old at the time. It'll be two. But hey, it's my sister. But if this is, like, some friend, like Anna Marie and I got married in Sanibel, and plenty of people can go. Yeah. Understand. And, and, and yeah, it didn't even cross my mind, you know. Like, producer Joe, I remember, didn't go. And I wasn't like, hey, hey. I'm like, all right. And I think his girlfriend didn't like us at the time, not the, not the one now. Uh-huh. That was a weird time. I need to get Joe on. I came all hooked up to a lie detector because there's some <laughs> shit going on then. Uh, but, uh, yeah, fuck off for real, man. Uh, all right, I got to take my call. We got to go. Thank you to James Carlton. Thank you to Seth Goldcamp. Thank you to Mark Hanna. Thank you to Jamie Burkhardt. And thank you to Longo Beggs. For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been The Tim McKernan Show.